0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Arbaugh, I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It is the end of another week in the NFL. The Steelers beat the Colts 24-17 there. They had a big lead, and the Colts came back to lead 17-16, and the Steelers win there on a late touchdown by Benny Snell and a two-point conversion by George Pickens. So overall, not a lot of offense in that game. We did have the main guys come through for the Colts, uh, Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Steelers quite night, except for uh, Najee Harris getting in the end zone early, but grinded away. The Steelers won that game. We didn't expect a lot of fantasy explosion in that one between those two defenses, and that's what we got there to close on Monday night. We do need to focus However, on week 13 already, it's time to look at the waiver wire here. The players we want to target across positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and your streaming defenses. We'll take it from the top here in our first segment, looking at quarterbacks and defenses with the big quarterback development there in week 12. Then we'll look at the running backs that you can look at, then close the show looking at wide receivers and tight ends. So, a lot of good stuff coming here on Tuesday at Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Alright, let's uh, dive right into what we have on the waiver wire, shall we? And it's... uh, Interesting to see what happened to the Jets' offense, wasn't it? We had a quarterback change to one Mike White, and what does he do? He goes off in that game against the Bears. Now, the Bears' defense is pretty bad, and we know that's a part of why that occurred there for the Jets. They were down a key corner. They don't have a pass rush, but look, Zach Wilson would not have done that. We know that. Mike White was confident. He threw the ball to his playmakers, namely Garrett Wilson there looking at his play, Zach Wilson couldn't get that going consistently, so Wilson looked good. You also had one uh, Elijah Moore scoring a long touchdown, so White was in control of that offense all along here. The Jets uh, also didn't have uh, Michael Carter early in that game, and they had to rely a lot on Zoniman Knight. We'll get in, to him more here as a potential replacement now for Brees Hall with James Robinson being healthy scratch but looking at Mike White good schedule ahead against the the Vikings coming up definitely has uh, some high end streaming potential with the weapons on this team the offensive line has a lot of injuries here for the Jets but we saw they're pretty loaded when you look at Wilson, Corey Davis being back. You got Moore, you got Conklin at tight end. Braxton Barrios is still out there making plays. They still throw to the backs, no matter who they are. Last week it was night. So Mike White does have some weapons. And remember, if you look way back in the preseason, I kind of like Zach Wilson as a sleeper if he could get it going with his weapons. Of course, then Wilson got hurt. The offensive line was banged up, Corey Davis wasn't out there, the matchups were pretty tough, and then Wilson did play well. So all those things kind of caved in. But I thought the Jets passing game offered some opportunity if someone could execute. We saw early with Joe Flacco putting up some numbers with the 300-yard games with high volume early in the season while Wilson couldn't play. Wilson not getting the job done. Mike Wade, again, being confident, aggressive, putting the ball in the hands of playmakers. So, He should be definitely on a lot of rosters, at least as a backup. If you're streaming quarterbacks, he definitely has appeal again. This week against the Vikings, in a pretty favorable schedule coming up here. Uh, You want to avoid the Bills game, but uh, looking at Mike White and any other matchup here down the stretch for the Jets, has some upside because of the passing for sure. In uh, New York, uh, waking up a little bit for... One, Michael Floor. Now looking at uh, Kenny Pickett, look, the numbers haven't been huge. He had a decent game last week. This week, not so much. uh, Just had to grind through. They relied on the running game, didn't get any touchdown passes, uh, didn't hit the 40 yards rushing either. But look at Kenny Pickett. He's confident. He's moving the ball well. He's uh, getting the hands... The, the playmakers involved a little bit more, and I think that matchup will open up things against the Falcons this week. So, the Ravens are coming up, but then there's some other matchups that are pretty favorable here for Kenny Pickett down the stretch where he's going to feel confident, make those plays. Uh, the Panthers, uh, another team that he can exploit pretty well with his legs. So, Kenny Pickett is in play here down the stretch as someone can help you. Uh, definitely, you can look at starting him this week if you're hurting your quarterback. It is at the Falcons inside. Again, the Steelers want to be a running team at heart, but that's going to open things up eventually for the big plays downfield of George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Freeman, just too many weapons to ignore. Kind of like with Mike White, where if someone can distribute and execute, the numbers can be put up there, the right matchups, and that definitely comes into play. Pickett, I think Pickett has a little bit higher upside here than White going forward because of that running ability and just maybe taking over in full control of this offense. and know Matt Canada, the coordinator's not as good as uh, LaFleur there with the Jets, so that, that's going to hurt. If LaFleur was with Kenny Pickett, all bets would be off. He would be playing really well, I think. Uh, so Pickett, despite some offensive uh, scheming limitations, keeps bringing it here, and I think they'll open things up a little bit more. They just have too many weapons when you look at those three guys to uh, not uh, let Pickett loose a little bit more, especially with the backfield a little bit up and down for Pittsburgh. Jared Goff, two good matchups in a row here, Jaguars and Vikings at home, so Goff can be usable in these two matchups. He hasn't been putting up the numbers, it's been a long time since we've seen real numbers for him since that Seattle game, but these games could be a lot like that. Trevor Lawrence comes in playing well, we know Kirk Cousins is playing well, so... High volume is what you need. You actually don't want the Lions winning games and running the ball and making some plays on defense. You want them trailing. You want their defense stinking and Goff to have high volume. And uh, Jameson Williams uh, doesn't look like he'll return this week, but definitely in play for the Vikings game potentially next week. So maybe some reinforcements of the weapons, but the matchups are just very good here at home the next two weeks. We'll watch uh, the... Diagnosis on Aaron Rodgers still figuring out how bad this ribs injury is. If there's anything broken, how does he feel? They do also have a bye coming up in week 14. So does that mean they played Jordan Love in a very favorable matchup against the Bears? We know what Mike White as an inexperienced quarterback did against the Bears just now in week 12. So we'll watch that for sure. But Jordan Love had a good connection there immediately with Christian Watson getting that downfield ball. Pretty good production in the fourth quarter there. So Love looked like a different quarterback than the one we saw filling in for Rodgers in Kansas City last year. Again, he's a year older, a little bit wiser, has developed his skills a little bit more in this offense with Matt LaFleur. So Jordan Love definitely has the keys to some pretty good weaponry, and the matchup is pretty good in Chicago this week. Marcus Mariota, look, he's a tough guy to navigate week to week here. He makes a lot of mistakes. He can disappoint you at any time. But he's still a QB one, a top ten QB this week with a scoring. It is on the other side of the Steelers. So some opportunities there because and the Steelers defense actually played pretty well, but Matt Ryan is just a shell. He couldn't do anything. Mariota's mobility could give them a little bit more problems. They had given up a lot to wide receivers. That's a big concern here, where wide receivers are not great without Kyle Pitts, but Mariota against the Steelers could be a sneaky high volume game there. It's a picket with no weather to worry about like he had in Washington, uh, speaking of Washington, Taylor Heineke, I'm not going to recommend him here in this Giants matchup. You run on the Giants, and that's how they've been, and really he hasn't put up the big fancy numbers except for that Colts game where he ran in one and connected well with Terry McLaurin, leading the comeback, but the Commanders have actually been too good. Again, too good is not good, just like the Lions were. When you're playing well with the running game and defense, you're not going to put your quarterback in harm's way here, so... This game, I can't say, is a good game for him or Daniel Jones. I think this is more of a grindy type game this week. But Heineke definitely has some upside in some games coming down the stretch if you were looking for a backup here in fantasy. All right, let's uh, turn to uh, what we're looking at uh, at uh, defense. Uh, A couple other guys that you can look at, Mac Jones and Sam Darnold. They have some pretty good matchups coming up here. So... Some guys that are just completely available there for you in fantasy. But uh, deeper leaguers, uh, you can definitely look at Mac Jones and Sam Darnold. who are going to have very low ownership and uh, guys that can be useful if you're playing that streaming game with two or more quarterbacks. All right, let's go to defenses. The Seahawks step into the great matchup this week. The Chiefs were easy money last week uh, playing the Rams and the shell of their offense, the Seahawks get that matchup. It is in Los Angeles, so a little bit of a concern there, especially after the Seahawks got gashed by the Raiders. But Rams don't nearly have the same firepower. Seahawks defense pretty good with the pass rush and such here. So they can produce the Browns, get uh, Kyle Allen and the Texans. They should have a positive game script here with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb putting them out to lead. So they should tee off on Kyle Allen quite a bit in the second half. And we know that's good things for Miles Garrett leading the charge. The Steelers... Mariota hasn't played all that well. They can cause some confusion here. They made some plays for sure against Matt Ryan. So Mariota can maybe put up some numbers, but also maybe make some mistakes there against the Pittsburgh. Defense, uh, the Bears uh, might have Trevor Simeon in there against the Packers. No, Simeon wasn't bad last week. He protects the ball. But if they're going to have to throw quite a bit, the, the Packers would love maybe, or Rodgers can build a lead here, it's going to be a bad situation. And, we you know, even with Justin Fields, he was making mistakes, uh, throwing pick sixes, so... Either way, the Packers' defense is a good play this week, even on the road. And the Jaguars are a sneaky one again. We like Goff, but uh, the Jaguars can make big plays. We saw that uh, in some games earlier the season. So if there's some volume from Goff, uh, there's going to be some numbers, but also potential for big plays from the Jaguars. That's a really deep streamer here this week, if you're really desperate uh, in going in that direction. But there are some better, again, teams that you may avoid this week that are defenses including uh, looking at how uh, the Jets are playing you can't really stream the Vikings this week for example so you need to go a little bit deeper than that or you may need to sit the Patriots again against the Bills here in week 13. All right, we will get into the rest of the waiver wire here next with our running backs there and then closing looking at wide receivers and tight ends here on locked on fantasy football. First, got to tell you about Tarot. Tarot is the world's largest sharing marketplace with Taro. You can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You can also find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. You can also test drive that new electric vehicle if you want to be a little bit more environmentally conscious. You may have had an eye on an electric vehicle and you want to see how it fits into your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you to have that great experience. Every trip you take with Turo is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. That's Turo.com. Alright, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. For a second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Local is what we do here and uh, give you what you need to uh, know everything you need to know about NFL fantasy and beyond locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts all right we will uh dive into the next part of our waiver wire advice here we'll look at the running backs Zanovan knight Zanovan bam knight you may have known him as that at nc state very productive runner got a chance to see him quite a bit here In the draft process, uh, I I like Knight quite a bit. I mean, he was kind of lost in the shuffle with like Zamir White and Damian Pierce and some of these other backs that went, but I did like Knight quite a bit there as a late pick. And the Jets uh, didn't think they were going to use him, obviously, with rookie Brees Hall about to smash it, but Hall went down. Now Carter's hurting again with his ankle injury. And you have James Robinson, they just don't like his fit in the offense. You have other options, Ty Johnson being the best of the rest here, but... Zava Knight looked really good there running for the Jets. I mean, he kind of was a plug-and-play player against the Bears. Part of it is the Bears stink against the run. The Vikings aren't all that much better, but Knight did show some pass catching upside here. And if Carter's going to miss time, I think he's earned the right Knight has to see some feature-like touches. So the volume was there for Knight. So again, plug-and-play this week. It's the only running back that's going to fall in the sky where That you feel like you can put into a lineup this week. Now, Kyron Williams, we like the idea of Kyron Williams, but still splitting with Cam Akers. Not a lot to see there. But is the Seahawks who just got destroyed by Josh Jacobs. Maybe this is a chance to get Kyron Williams going here a little bit more, playing with the mobile quarterback and Bryce Perkins. But I don't know if I would stream Kyron Williams, but he just has too much upside. They've liked him too much to not see more of him down the stretch here. So... I think you'll see that. They'll decide what they want to do with Akers going forward, but Kyron Williams should get more opportunities and definitely should be managed in all leagues. Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, near the end of his line here, slowing down for the Falcons. Great matchup this week against the Steelers, who did get gashed quite a bit by Jonathan Taylor. So Algier should have uh, some streaming appeal, but also some uh, handcuff appeal with Cordell Patterson or just creating some depth overall on your fantasy football roster. Now, what should you do here with the Jaguar situation? Travis Etienne... All signs point to him playing in that great matchup against the Lions this week. They said he could have returned to the game, that he was cleared with the foot injury, but they just kind of uh, were playing well without him, so they didn't bring him back in. It was a little bit strange, because why wouldn't if he was cleared to play and he's your best to one of one of your best offensive weapons there, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones? Why you wouldn't give him a chance? So a little bit curious there, but he says he'll play. But clearly, Jermichael Hasty in that particular game against the Ravens was the Backup, he exploded, maybe taking away the production that Etienne might have had, especially with the big uh, passing touchdown there from Lawrence. So I think Hasty would be the guy for now. I mean, Daryl Henderson, because he's a name and he came over the Rams, we're going to look at him. But really, he's not quite up to speed in the offense. He had uh, Jermichael Hasty and then behind him was Snoop Connor. So I think Hasty more kind of resembles the skill set and usage that they can get from Etienne. So I'd say go after Hasty, but this is a reminder to go after all these handcuffs, Alexander Madison, for one, I mean, don't let him be out there. If you're Dalvin Cook manager, go get him to make sure that you've locked up your insurance because we saw the insurance can pay off big time. I had Samaj P. Ryan, and what was it? Just plugged and played him this week for Joe Mixon. Got a close-to-Joe Mixon result, potentially, from what he would have done against the Titans. So, go get your handcuffs. James Cook is another clear one behind Devin Singletary. Naeem Hines is a return guy, an occasional pass catcher. James Cook, Dalvin's brother, cleared number two there in Buffalo behind Devin Singletary. Now, what do you do beyond Christian McCaffrey? A little bit more clouded because of the really season-ending injury to Elijah Mitchell. So the MCL is uh, good enough to miss four to six weeks. So he's done. They're going to put him on injured reserve here. So Tyrion Davis-Price pops up as a name again. He wasn't there into the mix until uh, we saw him return healthy. That was before they made the trade for Christian McCaffrey, and they moved on from Jeff Wilson Jr. Jordan Mason was the guy that came in pretty much and took over Mitchell's spot here. So they're really high on the undrafted rookie, but they're also high on Terry Davis Price, TDP. I don't know what you're going to get. They also uh, admitted that Christian McCaffrey has a bit of a knee irritation, so that's going to be something we're going to look at for sure if that uh, becomes a factor here and if he has to potentially miss this Dolphins game. We'll watch it. But again, Mason directly is the guy who's doing anything, but I think Davis Price should get some more opportunities with Mitchell back on the shelf. Benny Snell Jr. looks like right now the handcuff best insurance. I know uh, Anthony McFarland has resurfaced. Jalen Warren with that hamstring injury, the undrafted rookie, may need to miss a little bit more time. So if you're trying to just ensure Harris and what's going on with him, Snell is someone you would definitely look at. If you're trying to ensure Miles Sanders, Boston Scott is in the mix and would get some touches, but Kenneth Gainwell has been the guy that they put in high leverage situations for Philadelphia. Isaiah Pacheco has run pretty well, scored a touchdown against the Rams, has uh, had uh, more involvement as a lead back for the Chiefs, but if something were to happen, Jerick McKinnon would be the next man up in a bigger role here beyond his receiving change of pace. And again, handcuffs, they go deep. They go really deep, and you got to think about one for Saquon Barkley. Matt Breida has operated as his clear number two all season long, so looking at Matt Breida and uh, those type of chief, uh, g- cheap guys that you can get to plug and play in matchups as the automatic lead, look, you're not going to get the exact replacement, but it's always good to get the right insurance and make sure you're covered on all fronts with your running backs here that uh, make sense with those situations. All right, so there's a bit of advice there on late-season handcuffing. Make sure you do that. We will get into the wide receivers and tight ends target of the waiver wire here ahead of Week 13 next here in Locked On Fantasy Football. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcast. Block Forever is a brand-new podcast from former NFL All-Pro center Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, and back at the hotel. You'll hear Christian McCaffrey talk about the love-hate relationship with fantasy football, and Juju Smith-Schuster give his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league. Ryan guests also discuss topics like the player psyche, sports betting, playing through pain, being a leader, and how to deal with combative teammates And here on Block Forever, nothing is out of bounds. It's available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch the full Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. All right, it is uh, time to close the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football with our wide receiver and tight end advice. And our wide receiver advice is a lot like last week's, except it's reinforcing Got some of these guys and some new names on the list. Traylon Burks, two big games in a row as the clear replacement for A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Guess who the Titans play this week? Yeah, it's A.J. Brown and the Eagles. Don't you think Traylon Burks will be motivated? We know A.J. Brown will have a chip on his shoulder, but Burks is going to be out there trying to prove himself, I get that the Eagles' secondary has been pretty good, but of late, Darius Slay and James Bradbury looked a little bit human. So Traylon Burks, playable this week, but clearly operating as the number one in a limited volume passing game. They're not really spreading it around beyond Burks. He's the big play threat. I like uh, Burks there as a wide receiver three going forward. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I know, very quiet game against the Buccaneers, but he'd been very solid for multiple weeks, including getting his first touchdown of the season in Week 11, Now he's that field-stretching presence there for one Deshaun Watson at quarterback. He could be like the Will Fuller role here. So Peoples-Jones, that's what his profile was. He's been more of a short intermediate possession receiver here for Jacoby Brissett. But I think that part of game for Peoples-Jones gets unlocked this week. Zay Jones, again, he's been hit or miss here. Every time we go after Zay Jones, he doesn't really do much. He's a product of some matchups, but... Marvin Jones, it's a revenge game for him in Detroit, but Zay Jones really operated well behind uh, Christian Kirk. As a slot receiver, they focused their attention on Kirk. I think Kirk can smash it in this one, but Zay Jones as well. So unlocking the entire pass game, the Jaguars are, so... Good upside, good matchup this week if you're looking to stream a wide receiver. Three, Sky Moore, getting a little bit more run. Maybe you can put together a complete game. We saw a good second half in Week 11, a good first half in Week 12. Let's put it all together in Week 13 here against the Bengals. They need Sky Moore. He actually played more snaps than Juju Smith-Schuster last week. There's no Kadarius Toney. There's no Miko Hardman. Marcus valdes gandling has just become a dude at this point. Sky Moore, good opportunity here against the Bengals this week. Uh, remember, Tyreek Hill... Drove Eli Apple in that secondary batty, and Morris kind of in that role with his uh, speed and quickness as a young player. So watch out for him. Van Jefferson clear the lead. I know uh, Tutu Atwell scored a long touchdown there for the Rams with Bryce Perkins, but Jefferson has to be, by default, the number one. So if he's still out there in leagues, don't be so down on the Rams' offense as you totally ignore there are pass catchers, especially with Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson on the shelf here. Jefferson is clearly their best receiver left. Michael Gallup may be motivated by those Odo Beckham Jr. rumors. Uh, he's looked really good of late, so that should help him. They play the Colts this week, a little bit tough on the outside here with Stephon Gilmore, but uh, definitely some upside with Gallup, maybe showing some of his old self. And, uh, if you want to stash Odo Beckham Jr. and speculate on that Cowboys edition, you can still do that in deeper leagues if you already have your wide receivers pretty much set and you're not looking for immediate help. Elijah Moore, again, we want to see more than two catches in a game, and that's the concern. He was a big play-dependent guy, but it is a pretty good matchup as this Vikings secondary uh, thinned out. I wouldn't play Elijah Moore this week, but I think there's more reason to have him managed in more leagues. Nico Collins, will see the change to Kyle Allen quarterback, really didn't uh, jumpstart him or Brad Cooks, but uh, they're playing the Browns this week, and uh, that could help Collins. A uh, little bit of Michigan action there with the wide receivers, maybe inspired by the championship game. Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins in the same one. They're Browns and Texans. Kendall Hinton pretty much is a little bit of desperation play without Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler still both hurting here with ankle and hamstring injuries, respectively. They need somebody in that past game, but the Ravens are not going to really put the attention on him and probably focus on Cortland Sun this week. Isaiah McKenzie, don't go chase that box score against the Lions, but he should have a little bit more value working the slot here, so it's hard to know McKenzie versus Dawson Knox in a given week behind Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis. And again, Beckham, only for the luxury addition there that you can go there this week. Now, tight end Hunter Henry should have had two touchdowns, arguably, against the Vikings, but they're starting to use him the way he was down the stretch as a go-to guy for Mac Jones. I think he's fully healthy. He's a beast of a tight end who can get open here, so do like Hunter Henry being a key part, by default, of this uh, Patriots passing game with not a lot of other weapons. Now, Foster Moreau took advantage of the big matchup for tight ends against the Seahawks here against the Chargers. The Chargers are vulnerable at times against the tight end, a little bit better with Derwin James, but Moreau's just too involved there behind Devontae Adams with no Hunter Renfro or no Darren Waller. Evan Ingram, disappointing for sure last week, but they got Zay Jones and Marvin Jones and Kirk going last week, and Hasty was being in the past game at Emening The Lions give up a lot to tight ends. That's a good spot here. Juwan Johnson gets the Buccaneers, so they've given up quite a bit to the tight end. They also gave up a touchdown to David Njoku of the Browns, so that's what Juwan Johnson's calling card is, so that's what you're going to look at here. Now, Greg Dolchich missed a touchdown last week. Missed a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Missed connection with Russell Wilson. Last week it was because of a penalty, calling it back. When is it going to happen? It could actually happen this week against the Ravens, who are pretty vulnerable against the tight end we've seen all season long. So they are a team that you can definitely exploit. That's why we thought Ingram would be a little bit better, but the receivers just kind of smashed in that game. So a few injuries there that the Ravens are maybe navigating through, but looking at it, Greg Dolchich, if you want to give him one more spin, this could be it here. As an addition, I don't know if I would start him, but uh, definitely with the tight end landscape being a little bit tough, you have to consider that uh, Broncos athleticism there, which is not a lot in the receiving core right now behind Cortland Sutton. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of your waiver wire ahead of Week 13. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, good stuff here with the Week 13 waiver wire here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. Next up, we will have our matchup shows. We'll break down quarterback, running back. We'll look at the rankings there at those positions. Start, sit, advice there for what you want to do with the passers and runners. And we'll look at all their pass catchers there primary-wise with the wide receivers, tight ends, and streaming defenses on Matchup Thursday. So double shot of matchups here as we turn the page from Week 12 all the way to Week 13. Good luck here in your waiver wire claims, and we'll catch you there tomorrow. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this is Vinnie Iyer. Check you out tomorrow for Quarterback and Running Back Day on Matchup Wednesday.